0: Thought he was asleep. Reached over to wake him up. Bobbed up and down in the water. It was like a kind of top. Upended. Well, he'd been bitten in half below the waist. Noon the fifth day, Mr. O'Brien. Lockheed Ventura. So he swung in low and he saw his teeth. a young pilot, Lunt. Younger than Mr. Hooper, anyway, he saw us, and he came in low, and three hours later, a big fat PBY comes down and starts to pick us up. You know, that was the time I was most frightened, waiting for my turn. I'll never put on a life jacket again. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out, the sharks took the rest, June the 29th, 1945
1: hello 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 what's up everyone and welcome to another episode of The lot potatoes my name is zach i'm here with three of my best friends talking to you about movies that you absolutely should have already seen at this point why don't you boys introduce yourselves
2: hi i'm jake i'm tyler and i am scott
1: Thought you were gonna say Zach?
2: <laughs> yeah. No, he already said Zach. So
3: <laughs> ruined the
1: bit.
2: It's
3: already yeah. taken. Way to go, Zach. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry, guys. I uh, w- let's just redo it. Hello, hello. I am Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: I am Zach.
3: <laughs> that feels better. Yep. Very good.
1: Well, this week we are coming at you with the movie Jaws, which I actually uh, nominated and I haven't seen before. I I pulled a Jake and I picked a movie that I had never seen before. It's a
4: Pretty pro-move, you know? It is. It's hard to pull off.
1: <laughs> I, I did it because uh, the the whole shtick of this thing is nominating movies that you absolutely should have already seen, and I felt like w- I couldn't, with good faith, continue to do that until I had seen Jaws, which feels like the most like quintessential American movie you should have already seen at this point.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think I agree. No, so, I,
1: I definitely agree with you.
4: And it's super exciting for me because I've seen it. <laughs> and you haven't <laughs> hey, that's a rarity so talking about and- first time um i don't know maybe well besides it's like dirty harry but nobody had seen that it's yeah. definitely
1: oh, yeah. the first time that you and scott have both seen a movie that tyler and i haven't
2: that's correct yeah and it's yeah. not
1: like a will smith sequel it's, <laughs>
2: we haven't done any sequels
4: yet <laughs> but we might start with bad boys Two and just <laughs> skip bad boys 1. I haven't seen
1: the first one, just we'll just jump to 2. You just have to watch them both. Oh, you know. That makes sense. We'll just do it as a trilogy. Just all at once.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is interesting because I would say that this was probably when it came out. This was like a a summer blockbuster movie. Um, but like in, in hindsight, like this is absolutely like a film that film buffs like talk about still to this day. And so, to have like a, a major important film that both Zach and I haven't seen is pretty rare. It's also funny that the
4: idea of a summer blockbuster has changed so much from like. That's true. Whatever popcorn entertainment that we watch now versus yeah. something like Jaws.
3: That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, well, a little bit of uh, just the facts about this movie it was directed by Steven Spielberg uh, and written by Peter Benchley. Um, he, uh, had some help on the screenplay, uh, but he was also, uh, the screenwriter, but this was adapted from one of his books. Um, it was released, uh, in, on June 20th, 1975, uh, and it did $260 million in the box office, uh,
2: domestically. That's a lot of moolah in
3: 1975. That's a ton of money. What's that like a trillion dollars now? I don't know. I, I can't do the math. I can't. Yeah, it's impossible. Not even our most sophisticated algorithm that Jake's created for us can crunch that number. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> so this
4: was the first movie to bust a $100 million? Yeah. Right? That's, and that's apparently it
2: shattered it. Apparently. I think it's also Stephen King's highest grossing movie. I, this is not <laughs> nope. Stephen King. No? <laughs> this no. isn't Stephen King. <laughs> this it's is, this uh, is a Peter uh, Robert bachelor. Redford, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We uh, were we were joking around before uh, we started recording. I was just saying all kinds of things wrong and recalling things wrong, and uh, so it's going to be an ongoing theme in this this <laughs> podcast today. Yeah. Recalling well, calling Scott things uh, Scott confidently is wrong.
3: <laughs> Scott's channeling his yeah. pap pap right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Love you, pap pap. Uh, Jokes on you, Scott. This isn't going to anybody.
1: <laughs> th- this movie made what, over 200 million dollars. It became the highest-grossing movie of all time up to that point until Star Wars broke the record just two years later.
3: That's nuts.
1: But it's kind of cool. It, it set the precedent for the summer blockbuster. I had no idea that this is the first summer blockbuster. Um, yeah. Apparently, it was supposed to have been released the Christmas beforehand, but because they had so many issues and and filming was delayed and whatnot, they put it at summer, kind of thinking that it was going to be a death sentence. Apparently, at that point, that's where you put the worst movies and uh so many people loved it so much that so many people came to see it and it kind of set that that tone of the summer blockbuster which is pretty cool
4: that's, that's nuts it's crazy because this seems like i mean i guess having the benefit of living now it seems like the perfect summer movie it's on the beach on the 4th of july i don't There's know sharks. why yeah i don't know why they would have said Put this out at Christmas time. Have you guys yeah.
1: heard how they do those screenings where you get in like a like a tube and sit in the ocean and then watch it from like a projection on the beach?
4: I don't even go into the ocean now because of sharks. <laughs> because <laughs> of like, this movie? I wouldn't.
1: No, just because I love sharks, but
4: I have one irrational fear, and it's, uh, you know, naked skinny dipping getting eaten by a shark like that chick at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> so my
2: parents actually... Told me like when this movie first came out, like they legitimately like wouldn't didn't go to the beach for years, like That's because crazy. of this movie, and like yeah. they had like multiple friends that like this legit freaked them out.
1: It's it's so yeah. interesting how sharks this really did affect the way that people felt about sharks or their perception about sharks. While we were doing some research, I found that uh, Peter Benchley, the author said that he wished that he had never written the book because it just the the perception it gave people of sharks and it led to an increase in shark shark hunting afterwards as well, which I kind of get that you, you shouldn't hunt sharks.
3: No, 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 definitely not.
1: What uh, about
2: chunking hearts? Y- that's okay. You can do
4: that <laughs> as soon as I work out what that is. It I'll also led that. to
1: an increase in chunking <laughs> hearts as well. <laughs> he didn't regret that though. Ben no. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't regret that. <laughs> Thank well, you for picking this, up on that and uh, bringing light. You're to welcome. It. You're welcome.
3: It's uh pretty crazy. This movie, uh, the budget was estimated right at seven million dollars, and uh, the movie actually made seven million dollars. It grossed seven million dollars in the first weekend.
2: That's pretty
1: crazy.
3: That's, yeah. It's a good ROI. That's a really good ROI. Uh, it's very impressive. Uh. It, this movie got... The other guys gave it a 98%. Uh, IMDb gave it an 8. It uh, feels kind of
4: low to me, considering it, that Dirty Harry was, what, 7.4 or something?
3: I feel like IMDb grades on a curve. Like, that's just a bell curve. Like, nothing really gets over the 8 mark, you know? Uh, except it's, like, 8.1, you know? Like, a little bit more, you know? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Everything... Everything that we've done so far was between like 7 and 8.1, I think.
4: Yeah, I've not seen anything drop down below
1: 6, I don't think. (laughs) Until (laughs) we get to Napoleon Dynamite. In a couple, how many weeks was that one? No, that
4: got like a 7 point something. No, it didn't. Really? Yeah.
2: In
1: IMDb, it got a 7 point something? Just
2: a little sneak peek
4: in
1: a few weeks from now. it has a 6.9. I checked last night. Oh,
3: well. (laughs) It's still pretty close to this, all things considered. (laughs) That is true. This movie uh, won the Oscars for Best Score, Best Film Editing, and Best Sound Design, Sound Mixing, which I think make perfect sense.
4: Yeah, the score is the first thing anybody thinks about. I feel like when they think of Jaws, before they think of the shark or anything. Is oh,
3: dun like dun.
1: I I yeah. kind of had this idea going into it that it, this was gonna be just like a it, like there would be iconic moments, but overall it wouldn't be that impressive of a film. And one of the things that I don't know why I was so surprised, but just was how good John Williams' score was. Obviously, we all know that. But I was kind of like, okay, that's going to be it. And then throughout the movie, John Williams' beautiful, like, magical score is kind of underscoring this whole movie. And I'm just like, why did I doubt that John Williams was not going <laughs> to knock it out of the park? Especially the Has John- he done
2: any, any other big work, Zach? <laughs> Who's John Williams?
1: Uh, Honestly, after this, I think he did <laughs> Armageddon. <laughs> okay and that one—that was
2: he's pretty good in that one for sure
1: <laughs> that's probably his crowning achievement john williams
4: did don't want to miss a thing <laughs> he did yeah.
1: he wrote that song he did he also it sang sense, it. he was lead vocals <laughs> he can do it all that's why he's the best
3: someone try and convince scott that he's wrong
1: <laughs> no that's <laughs> what i recall, recall. <laughs> that's <laughs> what i recall so all right well should we get to our uh to our reactions to this movie
3: yeah, uh, well, last thing, uh, in just effects, I wanted to point out, uh, this actually lost Best Picture to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest.
1: I haven't
2: uh, seen it. Me oh, either. man. What, it, I haven't it's great. seen it either.
3: It, I actually probably, being the only one who's seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I actually think that Jaws is probably, on the whole, uh, a better movie. Uh like a better film mm-hmm. but Jack Nicholson makes one flew over the cuckoo's Nest it's really good you definitely should see it
4: would you say we absolutely should have seen it
3: y- yeah I mean any Academy Award best picture I think you should have seen that's point.
2: the one where he can't handle the truth right <laughs>
3: <laughs> no uh, he is uh, in a in an insane asylum so yeah it's good. Uh, I might put it on the list, but it probably w- won't happen for a little while. Well, I'm looking forward to
4: it. I like Jack Nicholson.
3: I do too. I do too. All right. Well, uh, Zach, you are a nominator. Uh, what do you think of this movie?
1: Uh, I loved it. Um, I really loved it. I think sometimes I go into older movies with like just a lower standard, trying sure. to appreciate how like good at the time it was, but it's hard to when technology has advanced so much and we just have masterpieces, you know, like bad boys three and whatnot. Um, but
4: thank you for calling
1: that out. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best movie I've ever seen. And I think I kind of said earlier, but I, I kind of assumed since it was so early into Spielberg and John Williams career that we might kind of see a glimpse of him, like still trying to get his feet, you know, or if, to kind of figure out what he's doing with things. Um, and I was so surprised. I don't know why, because everyone I know has said that this is such a great movie, um, but I loved it so much. I, I thought it was so effective as a horror movie. Um, but then also like an adventure movie, it kind of felt like both, which was kind of weird, um, but it worked. Uh, and I really loved the characters. I thought all the acting was really great. I loved um, specifically R- Richard Dreyfuss, his character Hooper. Was so fun mm-hmm. to watch. I really liked Brody a lot. I enjoyed watching Quint. I don't think I understood like seventy five percent of what he was ever saying.
4: I threw the subtitles on. I had to at that <laughs> point too.
1: And even can he we put
2: subtitles on our uh, recording, our audio recording that we did earlier at the beginning of the podcast? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. Oh, just have a have a machine read it. In the <laughs> instead, <laughs> we'll have Siri repeat it.
1: Yeah. yeah, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm upset that I didn't watch it sooner in life.
4: But then we wouldn't be here right now. That's so, true. That's you know? true.
1: Well, Tyler, you're the other late bloomer. What did you think of this movie?
3: Well, let's hear from uh, let's hear from the other guys who. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Forgetting the order, Zach. My bad. Talked about this.
3: So, Scott and Jake, you'd seen this movie before. Yeah. You want to go or me?
4: Uh, I'll go. Uh, I mean, I love this movie. It's uh, I love sharks, so I think that's why appealed to me. I guess, I mean, it is a horror movie, but I don't think of it that way mm. at all. I think I think more about adventure or some, I was going to say action, but not action.
1: It it definitely um, does feel like oh, an adventure movie, but I was surprised how dark certain scenes of this movie were. Yeah. And I guess um, we'll get to that later.
4: Yeah, it had been the first time I'd watched it in a while, um, but I loved it. I was super excited when you picked it, so... I was shocked that neither of you guys had seen it. I was really—I uh, never thought to nominate it because I knew I had seen it, and I was like, "Well, everybody else probably saw it." Then mm. um,
2: Zach, were you saying like literally physically dark or like metaphorically
1: dark? Because uh, both existed, I feel like. What were you saying? Like tonally dark, I, or I guess okay. just like uh, like content-wise, what was happening, but not like literally in terms of I like couldn't see what was going on there's a couple of those where if if it's not nighttime
2: and you're watching it you you don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's not as bad as Dirty Harry. Yeah, that's what I was about
4: to say. It's like <laughs> some old movies are uh really at like at fault there, but I don't think this one was that bad. Like there's probably was, only like
2: two scenes. I
3: was surprised. It's really the I, underwater <laughs> scenes mostly.
4: At night. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised to learn that it was a 70s movie and I don't know like I guess I knew something that I knew, but when I thought about it in my head I was like that's probably like 80s right like it's got to be and right. it, it holds up
1: well it does hold up very well Scott
3: what do you think
2: Uh, yeah I mean I love Jaws I've seen it quite a few times this was one of the movies where if it's on TV and you're flipping through the channels and it's on. You just leave it on and you watch it again. I've probably seen this at least 20 to 25 is times. Is that every so. movie? <laughs> like, no. have you
4: never gotten
2: up because, <laughs> because you're just flipping through the TV like, well, Jaws is on. And after that's Armageddon. Life is a long time, Jake. There's a lot of time to watch TV. You're right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I mean, it's just one of those Saturday movies, you know, flipping through the channels, it's on, and you watch it. I I dread the day that we don't find one of those Saturday movies for you. I've only said that about the ones I've rated high. I think you've said that about at least half. I've probably rated about half our movies high, though. <laughs> I'll tell you this I won't say it about Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> All right. I promise you if I'm ever watching TV and Napoleon Dynamite comes up <laughs> I'm going to press the channel button up or that's down that's not one that
1: you and Dave would plop on on the Saturday <laughs> well, together.
2: not just chilling in our underwear watching Napoleon Dynamite no
4: well you missed out it did, so you've seen this a bunch.
2: Yeah, I've seen it a bunch. I really like it. I was I was glad that someone else nominated it because I would have nominated it at some point.
3: Well, I was uh I was our other late bloomer. Uh I also love this. Um uh, I I sat down and watched it with Scott. Um I know social distancing, but we are roommates, so it's acceptable. Uh, we kept six feet of of distance.
4: You know what? Hopefully, when this comes out, we'll be living in a post-Rona
3: world. People won't even think about that. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, it's never gonna end. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I uh, I watched this with Scott, and and probably I would say maybe halfway through it, uh, I just looked over at him and I was like, this is terrific. Like it it blows me away. Like everyone, I everyone's always told me oh my gosh, Jaws has the best practical effects ever. And, you know, I was so blown away by how well it held up. Uh, I loved it. I, I was very surprised uh, by Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, like, he walked into a frame and I was like, is that Richard Dreyfuss? And Scott's like, I have no idea who that is.
1: <laughs> he also comes on looking like the original hipster. Yes. Like he's got his beanie. He's got his jean jacket. I was like, I didn't know this vibe existed back in 74.
4: Yeah. If I could look half as cool as Richard Dreyfuss did back
3: then, I'd be pretty happy.
1: I would say that uh, Zach
3: today looks like Richard Dreyfuss back then. Like, like, I feel like I've seen you wear his
1: outfit. (laughs) I I believe I have. That's
4: a shame. You're going to get to be him in the Photoshop because you do those. (laughs) Jake kind of just
1: complimented me. Thank you. I take it back.
2: <laughs> if I if I ever can I be you, I'm sorry. <laughs> in the Photoshop, can I be Joss? Yes, you can be Joss. You Jaws. can,
3: you can. Uh, yeah, no, I I loved this. Uh, Richard Dreyfuss was definitely my favorite part of, of like my favorite character in the movie. Um, I I thought that yeah, I thought that the the editing was some of the best film editing i've I've probably ever seen um i i i thought it was tremendous so yeah all right well let's uh let's dig into the the nitty-gritty of the movie jake since this is one of your favorites do you want to like kick us off oh i'm starting it well why not i mean you love this movie so yeah sure so we start at a um at a high school college
4: party on the beach i don't know how old these kids are supposed to be (laughs) Um, I don't know how old anybody's supposed to be Uh, And they are You know Partying whatever and then two of them run off And they look like they're gonna go skinny dipping And one guy is too wasted To get into the water and he just passes out on the beach <laughs> With his shirt over his head Uh, But the girl goes in And uh, does not Come out she gets <laughs> pulled under And then that's kind of how
3: One girl goes into the water
4: None, n- none come, come out, out. Yeah. Sharks took the rest. <laughs> yeah, and so that's how. <laughs> sorry, that's uh that's how we start off, and then we're introduced to uh, Hooper. No, uh, we're or...
3: introduced first to uh, to uh, Chief Brody. <laughs> Maybe You're right. I'm sorry. I get not. I got them
2: confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't have me do this. So you can. <laughs> I wasn't you can mentally, remember. Yeah, his name is Matt Hooper. Okay. I uh, and I we got, know a Matt Hooper in real life. Yeah.
4: So yeah. I uh, I got put on the spot. And I'm not well <laughs> normally we do the You the are person doing who recommends so great. it.
3: I know, but I just wanted to have Jake just do up throw Jake a throw
4: Jake under the bus. Yes. Plot just watch. Tyler just Tyler sweat. does a lot of throwing me <laughs> under the bus on this. Or like he'll just stare at me and he knows that I'll have feel obligated to say something. <laughs> and <laughs> And he'll just, like, throw it to me, even though we never throw it to somebody that didn't nominate the movie.
5: <laughs> Do
1: you want me to take over, Jake?
4: Yeah, I wasn't mentally prepared for this kind of stress.
1: <laughs> 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 so take it away, Zach. So the chick dies, and um, we were then introduced to Brody and his little family. And they've just moved from New York, where Brody was a police officer. And he took over as chief at Amity Island? Amity, right? Mm-hmm. Amity. And, uh, uh, where Brody's is... Florida. Oh, it's in Florida. Mm-hmm. Wait, is it?
4: I thought it was. I thought it was. It's near not, New York. Definitely not Florida. I have my <laughs> God dang
3: it! They make a lot uh, of references what, to Long it's, Island. It's what I recall.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe New Mexico. I don't know.
4: Coast, coastal towns, you know, near New Mexico.
1: <laughs> it doesn't really matter. So he's, he, uh, they find. It's, on,
3: it's it's the northeast, though, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere over
1: there. Um, so they find the body of this chick, and um, Brody gets to investigating, and he right away wants to, like, shut down the beaches. Um, and the mayor does not let him do it uh an
4: interesting little tidbit about the scene where they uh they find the girl's body apparently they had had like a prop arm that spielberg didn't think looked real enough so they just buried a cast member in the sand and they stuck her arm out you know oh. that scene where they're looking yeah. at her and it was just somebody's arm that was buried in the sand
3: oh that's pretty
4: interesting yeah.
1: this is uh this is all taking place like the day before the fourth of july right
4: uh, probably about a a little bit before. Is it a little, a little bit, bit,
1: before. bit before. It's within like a week, I think. Got yeah. it. So like right around the same time of Independence Day. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They these uh, are happening same, concurrently. Yep. That's They're what I in thought. the same universe. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So Brody wants to shut down the beach. The mayor does not want to because this town really relies on a lot of tourism at this time to come in and enjoy their beaches and then bring a lot of uh business to the local businesses and so. Um, he he doesn't let them close the beaches down and then cut to a scene of a bunch of people on the beach. Uh, Brody is looking really uncomfortable. He is feeling like something bad is about to happen. We have a little boy on a raft just waiting in the beach and uh, then Jaws attacks again.
4: Little boy just insisted on 10 more minutes out out in the ocean.
1: 10 more minutes! That was a really a pretty dark scene. Like I, that was the scene that made me I think feel the most uncomfortable was just seeing oh, that yeah. bloody raft just uh wash up on the beach and the mom
2: like running out and calling her son's name. Yeah.
4: That just it fits into the theme of the movie that all sharks are bad, right? That's what we were supposed to learn.
2: Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor poor
3: little uh the little Kinter boy, I think was his name.
1: So the town is kind of like up in Kintner? arms. I don't remember. I don't know. Kintner? It's not super important.
3: <laughs> well they said it like fifteen times. Like they did say it quite a bit. I don't yeah. wanna see I don't wanna cut that shark over and see the Samsonite. little Kittner boy That's true. flop out.
2: Samsonite, know? I was way off.
1: Yeah. So yeah, everyone uh... <laughs> Yeah, keep going, it's not getting old. <laughs> Samsonite.
4: He's gonna forget that he did this. <laughs> and he's gonna do it the next episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was way off.
3: So
4: anyways, ahead, <laughs> yeah.
2: so,
3: so then we have, so then we have uh like kind of a town meeting and we, we're, we get introduced to, uh, to Quinn and, uh, I love Quinn. he, uh, it, it's kind of a dramatic intro. Like he just, uh, runs <laughs> his nails on the chalkboard and he, he also drew. <laughs> Drew a shark on the chalkboard? He did. <laughs> or someone did. Or, someone, see, did. or yeah, someone did. Somebody
4: did that. I assumed it was him, and I was like, how did nobody see him just drawing a
1: shark eating somebody on <laughs> eating the
3: chalkboard? A, eating a stick figure.
4: Like, I
1: love uh, how, like, he. I'm assuming he did that to, like, really drive his point home. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they don't already know why they're meeting what happened. In case you didn't know why we're here, <laughs> this shark ate this boy.
3: <laughs> and uh, he, he offers to, uh, he says, y'all know what I do. You know who I am. You know what I do. He never really said what he did. I assume he's a fisherman. But well, is he a shark hunter? He's a shark hunter. Okay. Like when we w- later, when we go into his uh, little shack, you just see shark. Yeah, He's got a lot of shark everywhere.
4: Oh, you're right. I'm sorry.
3: Like, yeah. uh, and so I, that's what he is. He's a sharker. Uh, and uh, he says, I'll take care of it, but. Uh, it's got to be just me. I don't want anyone else in, in out there, and I'll do it for $10,000. It's a lot of money back in... 76. That's a lot.
4: Yeah. Anyways. He, Anyways,
3: uh, <laughs> so the town turns him
4: down initially. They he's, he seems crazy. I think they think he's crazy, but uh, I loved him immediately. Yeah. Just this unintelligible
3: old fisherman. One of, uh, one of my favorite things happens after this in the movie. Um, Brody is uh, like reading up on sharks and his wife comes in and hands him a whiskey. And I looked over at Scott and I was like, that's my kind of woman. And then she says, do you want to get drunk and fool around? And I said, that is really my kind of woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then my second favorite thing in this movie, I think happens right at this point too. Uh, they... He, he, uh, she tells Brody that uh, their son really likes his birthday present. And he's like, oh, where is he? And she was, she was like, he's sitting in it. And Brody gets up and he runs over to the, to the railing and looks out at the water and his son's in a boat uh, just like tied to the dock. And he's like screaming about how, you know, he needs to get out of there. And the wife's like, it's fine. It's fine. And then she picks up the book that Brody was reading and sees that sharks bite through boats, and then she screams, "Listen to your father! Get out of the boat!" <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene.
1: So it's around this time um, that the mayor offers to give a reward for whoever can find and kill this shark, right? No, well, it was the mom. It was I think. the it was the Kentner. Oh, that's right. The mom. Yeah, the mom's one that does it, and so
3: offers three thousand dollars.
1: Everyone. Is going out into the water and and trying to find this shark. And uh, it was crazy.
4: Like they were going in boats smaller than the average great white. What were they gonna do? How are they gonna bring it in? Well, they didn't I, know it was a great white. Right. Right. They were going in boats smaller than a lot of sharks. A lot of sharks. Like, yeah, I don't know what their plan was.
3: Well, and just before this, we see uh, that this shark can take out a dock. No, I think it's right. Right yeah. after that, right. After the reward gets, oh, um, well, yeah, it's after the war, reward, but it's before we see everyone kind of out. I think like.
2: I saw someone in a canoe.
3: <laughs> like
2: That was <laughs> there, one yeah. of the boats, like someone's like paddling out. I don't think yeah, most this is people before...
1: are approaching this with a lot of common sense. Yeah, yeah.
3: But, yeah, so everyone shows up, everybody's going out looking for, for a shark, and, and this is when Matt Hooper shows up. Oh, I love oh, that's he, right. Yeah, because
1: they had called there. for uh, he's an o- oceanographer.
3: <clears throat> yeah,
1: yeah. And so they were going to c- have him come. and I thought
4: a, particularly a shark expert, right?
1: I mean, that might be like his specialty, yeah. but uh, I think they refer to him as an oceanographer. I could be wrong. I don't know. He knows mm-hmm. a lot about sharks, so they have him come take a look at the body. And he, like, right away is kind of like, oh, frick. Like, he he can tell it's intense and just starts spouting out, like, a bunch of different info about what kind of shark it is. And it's, like... He also like,
4: looked really squeamish about it. He, and I thought that was going to play into anything else for the rest of the movie, and it kind of didn't.
1: I, uh, yeah, you're, I think you're right. But, uh, like, my personal headcanon is that, like, this stuff freaks him out, but he's, like... Because there's a couple times throughout the movie where he seems, like, kind of freaked out by what's going on. But then he like work works himself up to do it. And he like kind of just right. does it anyways and jumps into the water or whatever. Um yep. I kind of just took it as like this stuff does freak him out. Like he has this like weird fascination, but also this fear of sharks. But like he can't almost like he can't look away. Um can
4: relate. That's
1: exactly how I feel. About sharks.
4: Oh, I love sharks, but not uh, to jump in. No, I, I'm I'm too afraid though. <laughs> I'm not going to jump in the water when I know there are sharks around.
1: So you probably see Hooper as, like, you, I mean, you think he's super cool looking and, like, he also loves sharks. Like, this is, like, your hero. Oh, he's the man. Yeah. That's how I feel about Quint. That's how I feel <laughs> yeah. about the Kittener kid. Yeah, <laughs> the kid's your hero. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you just, you're just really hoping one day that you can end up <laughs> with shark's
4: You're just so
2: brave being on that raft.
1: <laughs> True. <laughs> Knowing <laughs> what was at stake. <laughs> Just no, ten nobody, more minutes, mom. Nobody knew.
2: Ten more minutes. <laughs> the
1: Kittner kid. The man. mayor hit it. Yeah, he
4: was like, you know what? I know there's sharks <laughs> out there, mom. Uh,
1: let me go. So, anyways, um, Hooper is inspecting the body, and he's telling he's telling Brody kind of what's at stake, what kind of shark we're really dealing with. Meanwhile, at the same time, this other guy—I don't remember his name—but he comes back with, it was a tiger shark, right? Is that what he found?
3: Yeah, a tiger shark. Yeah.
1: So they caught. It was a big tiger shark, too. They caught this tiger shark and they're pulling it up onto land, and everyone's taking pictures of it, freaking out, thinking that, like, this is the shark they found. And the mayor's there, and he's just stoked to see a dead shark and is so quick to say that that's it. Uh, it, He just wants things to get back to normal so that they can. I didn't
4: understand that at all. Like, everybody's, like, freaking out because there's a shark around. I'm like, I'm assuming there's sharks around always in the ocean, but also. How would, how would they
2: possibly be like? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many sharks. Well, I think that was Hooper's point. Was like, okay, let's cut it open and see.
4: Yeah, yeah, but like everybody else just accepted. It, it was like, oh yeah, we killed a shark, so it must have been the one that and did. I, it.
2: I, I will give the mayor this. He probably had a good call on not cutting him open there, because if it was the shark and that little kid's body rolled out onto the, <laughs> that would not have been a good. Yeah, look. especially because yeah, the but kid's feel mom
1: like, shows up like two minutes later. Uh huh just to slap a Hooper right in the face. Nope. Nope. Brody. Brody.
4: Brody. Brody. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, I'll get it by the end. Just remember, <laughs> so that's next Robert Redford's about, character. Next time we talk about Jaws, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll be all over it.
1: It's not Robert Redford's character, in case anyone heard that and thinks that we genuinely <laughs> believe that that's Robert Redford. <laughs> I mean, Scott might. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> it's, it's what he, he recalls. He does have dementia. <laughs> that's what I recall. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyways, the, the mayor, I think the mayor is just wants uh, the 4th of July festivities to be able to happen. And so I think he's just quick to sweep this under the rug any way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hooper is, is kind of saying like, this isn't it. Um, or at least let's go do this autopsy. Uh, I'm a little fuzzy on the next part. I know he comes over to dinner with Brody. Can someone pick up for me?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh so uh Brody they goes to go home. dissect
1: the
2: shark, right?
3: Yeah, but Brody goes home and uh he we see like how clearly he is uh like he's he's struggling with the events of the day. Uh he uh he tells his son Mikey he's like give give me a kiss and Mikey's like why? And he said, because I need it. That was a little weird.
4: Like that whole scene, I was a little like I know was, he's asking his kid for a kiss, but he just turns around, like, give us a kiss. And then he's like <laughs> What? Why? (laughs) I need it. (laughs) I was like, you shouldn't have children.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, but I I thought it was sweet. I know what you mean, but I thought it was sweet. And I think it just gave me a a little glimpse into into what Brody's going through. And then he starts drinking a lot.
4: Yeah, he just did not listen to it, the Hooper is the scientist right yeah. we're there we got it uh, he didn't listen to him at all he opens the wine he's like you should let that breathe and he's like i'm gonna dump it all into my watery glass yeah
3: <laughs> i think it was whiskey i think it was a glass of whiskey that he had a, like whiskey on the rocks oh and then so, he dumped more wine yeah into so it. so Hooper comes over uh and and brings two bottles of wine a white and a red and he's like i'm not sure what we're drinking and and uh he Brody opens it and like he he has like a like a, uh, a Collins glass, like a Tom Collins glass uh, with uh, w- like watery whiskey in it, like whiskey on the rocks. And he just pours an entire Collins glass of red wine for himself. And then pours, like, a normal wine glass amount for his wife and for Hooper. And then he just starts guzzling this wine.
4: (laughs) And then, you know, he has one more drink and decides (laughs) to drive to dissect the shark.
3: Yeah. He (laughs) says, let's go dissect the shark. And uh, and so they do. And uh, Hooper pulls out, uh, like, uh, the most surprising thing. He pulls out some, like, whole fish. And then he pulls out a license plate.
4: That, I mean, I guess... I watched Shark Week every year when I was a kid, so I knew tiger sharks eat license plates. They yeah. do. Yeah, it's yeah. not
2: an uncommon thing for them to eat stuff like they that. They just eat
4: whatever's around.
2: Wow. I just don't know how they,
3: uh, like, does that live in their stomach forever? their So they digest the, it, yeah. Their stomach will eat a license plate. I, I mean, like, I don't think that for time. a long time. So yeah. Yeah. question to Years.
1: whoever would know, tiger sharks, they're like one of the more dangerous sharks to humans, right? Like will I they attack? I think or there or? are
2: more tiger shark yeah. attacks. I think there than other, but it's still really low. Is that
1: because they'll just eat anything?
2: Most of the time, it's they mistake them for something else. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we're not like a natural like prey of sharks, mm-hmm. but sometimes if you're wearing the wrong color clothes and you're floating on the top of the water, they think they you're look something like, that a not. You look yeah. like a seal. You look like a seal, especially turtle.
3: It mostly happens when people are in wetsuits because mm-hmm. the like it looks like it looks like yeah like the hide of a seal or mm-hmm. something like that yeah hmm. um but there's no kittener boy in this tiger shark no nope.
2: that's the and there's whole fish
4: yeah <laughs> that's he he that shark did not care about chewing i guess <laughs> <laughs> just chucking an entire fish out at it uh, chew your food tiger shark well that's why he died i
2: think he choked <laughs> so then after that they decide to go out and see if they can find the fish right well, that's yeah. when I go out at night.
1: Oh, that's right. Yes, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm.
4: On uh, on Hooper's boat, which is pretty fancy.
3: Very fancy. Uh, Like, as soon as we saw it, like, before they even talk about, like, you know, that he has a lot of money. I was like, that's an expensive boat. <laughs> that's really nice. It was like a yacht. Yeah, and then all, all that the shark
4: equipment it, yeah. and fish finders and all
3: that. And uh, so they, they drive out and they find uh, a boat. That's been uh, that's been just destroyed. Mm-hmm. It was uh, someone
2: they knew. I don't remember who it was. It's,
3: a, it's the
1: the guy that caught the tiger it was shark. One of the right? fishermen.
3: Yeah, I think it was the guy that caught the tiger shark.
1: Mm. They uh, they go down. They find his boat, and um, Hooper decides to like literally jump in the water and kind of go swim down and survey the boat. Uh, and this was one of the like this was a legitimately scary jump scare for me i don't know about you guys
3: oh i jumped super hard i, I knew it was coming yeah, so yeah. I, didn't jump.
1: I i yelled like it got me good um so hooper <laughs> like, jumps even in though i knew oh. go ahead i was just say even though i knew
4: it was coming i was still so tense the entire time like <laughs> yeah just like him going into the water I was like oh don't you don't you
1: do that i think i'm just but. expecting shark attacks like that that's gonna be the jump scares And you can kind of see those coming, like, you know. Right. You can see those moments. Because of the music. Yeah, exactly. Um, And and because they're, like, literally going out looking for... Like, I knew that shark was not going to jump out of that boat at that moment. But I was not expecting, like, a decapitated head to float (laughs) out. And then also just, like, a woman's scream. Obviously, like, a non-diegetic sound, but, like, just to really drive home that moment it, it got me so good
4: and then he drops the only evidence that they found of the great white because of that he found a shark tooth in the hull, and then the, it was
1: like the, the
2: size of his hand. it was huge he did and then Lufler does uh,
1: that a lot in this movie he's always dropping really important things and yeah, he really drops the tooth moments. and his knife
4: just they have no evidence anymore the mayor is but he's convinced
2: him. Yeah. He's convinced at that point. And I mean, so he
4: was convinced immediately, I think, when he saw the girl's body.
3: Before we uh move along too far, uh, Zach, I, I just wanna spin back a little bit and have you explain for our listeners, because I don't think everyone who listens to us is like an actual, like they study to film stuff. So can you explain <laughs> diegetic noise? I just ignore that term.
1: die and oh, correct right me and if ago. I'm wrong. Um Diegetic sound is sound that like the characters in the movie can hear. So if Hooper is using like a fish finder or whatever, and it gives a little like boop, boop, which I don't know if it does or not, but let's just say it does. uh, The characters can hear that. So that's a diegetic sound. Um, John Williams' score is a non-diegetic sound where we hear that, we hear the Jaws theme, but the characters don't hear that. And, right. uh, I thought
4: that the Jaws theme played before every shark attack in real life.
1: I think <laughs> Quint <laughs> is saying. actually on the boat, like with <laughs> like a <laughs> with an instrument <laughs> making that every time he hears a. That makes
3: <laughs>
4: sense.
1: It seems like something he would do.
3: I just want to, since you uh, brought up the the Jaws theme, the da 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 right there. Uh, I just thought I would point out it's kind of interesting. John Williams played that for Spielberg. Uh, in pre-production, and uh, Spielberg laughed and said, like, that's funny, but what do you really have in mind for (laughs) the Jaws theme? Like, Spielberg didn't like the Jaws theme. He thought it was a joke, and he ended up, like, later saying that without that, the movie wouldn't have been as successful as it was, which I agree. I mean, everyone knows and loves that theme. I agree, too.
4: Yeah, I think it's something that anybody place immediately even people that hadn't seen jaws
3: yeah like but it's hilarious to me that spielberg thought it was a joke oh yeah (laughs) so uh uh hooper drops the tooth they get back they try and close down for fourth of july but the mayor won't have it uh and uh hooper lets us know that this was a great white shark uh, let's the mayor know, but the mayor's like, you don't have any proof. Like you, you, uh, drop the tooth. So the beaches are opening on 4th of July. And, uh, then, you know, we jump to 4th of July beaches are open. Everyone's on the beach. No one's going in the water. And the mayor goes up to somebody. I wasn't sure who it was. Just some old guy, some old guy. And tells him, like, go in the water, essentially. And he goes, like, holding his family's hands. Like, they just, like, walk toward their <laughs> Like, demise. it's a
1: death sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a death march. <laughs> he really, if that's the way he felt about it, he really gave in to peer pressure pretty easily. I was say,
4: did anybody tell him you don't have to listen to the mayor? I don't think the mayor has any power. <laughs>
3: But uh, everyone follows suit. They all go into the water, and, uh, and there are boats patrolling, like, uh, an outer perimeter. Um, but people go deep into that water.
4: Yeah, and even those, uh, those, well, I guess we see a shark fin, and everybody's scrambling and freaking out. And everybody runs away, and it turns out to be some pesky pranksters he, dressed is, up like a shark.
1: people are getting, like, trampled, too. Like, we see, like, oh, yeah. like there's, like, like old an old woman like, is just on yeah. the ground. <laughs>
3: and an old man, you see, it, like, it cuts, and this old man's just being dragged out of the water. He looks <laughs> lifeless, like he's been pummeled.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and while this was happening, uh, Brody's son tried taking his boat out, and Brody made him go to the pond and not out into the the deep waters.
3: Yeah. The ponds are old ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs>
2: but while these pranksters are doing that, the actual Jaws actually went into the pond and attacked Brody's son's boat.
3: Yeah. Well, first he attacks... Uh, the, the old dude. The old dude. older dude. Older like he was dude. probably in his 20s. Yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> let's address dude. real quick. Let's address real quick the, the ridiculous age gap that happens in this movie.
2: Like... All these, like... L- apparently like 60 to seven year olds with like 10 year old kids (laughs) like all the adults in this movie look so old the old man
4: that was walking out with his family i was like those aren't his kids right (laughs) like he's grandfather like or something
3: Uh, well i hope and like the kitner mother like that kitner boy was like 10 years old Mm -hmm. and that mother was like at least 60 (laughs) yeah
1: she had already gone through menopause for sure i mean uh oh never mind I was about to say some Sick. trivia from a different movie and apply it to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say they were all Mormon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were all Mormon. Oh man, we're just talking a lot about Napoleon Dynamite in the Jaws episode, guys. That's, I wonder if people are gonna That's what coming. I recall,
2: Scott. I that's recall what that they I recall. were all Mormon <laughs> in Florida and New Mexico <laughs> with Robert Redford, <laughs> Stephen King's best work for sure. <laughs> Did you know that Harrison Ford is gay?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did not. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, uh, so the, yeah. And in any event, Mikey's uh, boat uh, gets uh, capsized uh, by Jaws, but Jaws doesn't attack Mikey. He, uh, he gets out of it uh, just with severe shock.
4: Yeah, and then doesn't something happen to his younger boy? His younger boy's freaking out about something? Well, his younger boy was just
3: panicked. He was, he was just crying, he was yeah. just scared. Yeah. scared. yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, Reason I one. was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was watching a movie and I was scared. So, <laughs> if this was real life, I would be terrified at my age. Uh but uh this is the the big decision. Uh uh in the hospital, uh uh Brody you know takes his son to the hospital because he's in shock and the mayor shows up and the mayor's sort of beside himself and uh Brody's like sign the sign the paper like we're hiring Quint we're paying him ten thousand dollars I'm going out there with him and the decision's made that that we're going to we're going to hunt
4: down the shark the craziest argument that the mayor is making for why he's not terrible he's like My kids were in there, too. And I'm like, you just put your kids at risk. Yeah. Like, what do you mean?
1: How does that justify this at all?
4: Like, I was willing to kill my kid.
1: (laughs) Why weren't you? (laughs) You know, it was was such a interesting, like, weird experience watching this movie and kind of watching this ethical decision unfold of do we keep the beaches open, um, you know, or or do we put these people at risk of a shark attack but then close the beaches and then uh, really have our – town take an economic hit um at one point someone says like uh all the people will be on food stamps or something by winter um mm. it, it was so interesting watching that being in the middle of this pandemic mm-hmm. or, right. we, or similar decisions are being exactly, made exactly we have people protesting in different states that we need to like open back our economy and whatnot um i just thought that because was, of the urging of our president did you see what he tweeted? Either? I know this isn't a political
2: podcast, but... Like, liberate tweeted, all these different states. Liberate any li- listed three states, like, calling to arms the people of those states to, like, go against their governors, which is just ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. I mean, and he's... And today... He's like the mayor. Oh, today, floor.
3: <laughs> yeah, he is. He's like the mayor, and... uh He's
2: the mayor of America. <laughs> yeah. What were you saying, Jake?
3: I was
4: just saying, today... We got some beaches open back up in Florida. right? In Florida, yeah, is, uh, just
2: like where this jaws was. Yeah, yeah, exactly where this jaws is. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe that's it. where you took got Florida from. I mean,
1: yeah, I was referencing that the whole in, time. In three weeks, sure. when this episode airs, these beaches will have been opened for a long time. <laughs> no, they'll be reclosed because the shark attacks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so they uh, uh, they go out. Uh, we get into to. Uh, you know, kind of the second part of act two here. Um, they uh, uh Quint and uh Hooper and Brody decide to go out on the water and uh they're gonna they're gonna catch this uh oh I skipped something. It looks like you're No no
4: no. I just had a, a thing that I was thinking about when they were on the boat. Like I know that Quint is crazy and probably insisted on taking his boat, but why? Why didn't they take Hooper's boat? <laughs> <laughs> it was so much better. It wasn't
2: the fishing vessel.
3: Right, they they like it didn't have the fishing gear. It had tracking gear, but not fishing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel
2: like they could have figured that out. Yeah. I want to. It didn't have the sweet uh, seat where he could strap himself in with the giant fishing rod.
3: So when I first saw that that he had this fishing rod, I was like, "This dude is insane. That is not going to do anything." Like the fishing rod, like it's going. He's going to kill himself. And then when I saw him strap in and hook the hook it all up, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I'm going to back up a little bit just to back to that uh, shark attack that happens involving Mikey Brody's son. This is the first time that we see the shark in the whole movie. And it's yeah. like an hour in. Um, apparently, uh, so for this movie, they built three different sharks that they could use and Steven Spielberg called both of them or all three of them Bruce's. Um <laughs> He named it after his lawyer. And Oh,
3: I was going to say, what was Bruce? Like, why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his lawyer. He, like
2: from Finding Dory. Finding Nemo? Finding Nemo, you yeah. The shark was named after her. Mm-hmm. You know, that actually... No,
1: Finding Nemo came out first. Oh, okay. That actually is probably a reference to Jaws. I've never made that connection. It was. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Um that is cool. Each shark cost $250,000 to make.
3: That's insane.
1: Yeah, and they didn't That would be insane now. And they didn't even work very well because apparently they had a bunch of issues with these mechanical sharks so much that that's kind of the reason that we don't see the shark until like an hour into the movie. Uh, Spielberg had to get really creative with how to to make these shark attack moments feel so tense and scary without us even really seeing the shark. Um, well, well, and I think that's just like w- such a great
3: example of uh, you know obstacles creating like innovation and creating like giving room for like real great creativity. Yeah, definitely. Because like this. Honestly, I think the I would not have enjoyed the movie as much if I had if I had seen the shark so much up to this point.
4: Yeah, I would say I think that's probably the best thing that could happen to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I if we were seeing the shark the whole time, it wouldn't have been nearly as scary. Yeah, I agree. It's
3: kind of the the magic of this movie is how Spielberg makes us feel tense, scared, excited without seeing a shark for an hour for half of the movie. Like, <laughs> I and
4: then we see it just like. Not even for that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we first see it, like just dorsal fin,
1: pretty much.
3: Yeah, and an eye, like because yeah. it swims past the boat and we see his eye. And
1: yeah, this is when, like, up to this point, when um we get Hooper and Quint and Brody all in into Quint's boat, the movie feels very much like a horror slash monster movie for me. And then once they yeah. get into the boat and the rest of the movie, like that's what I was watching. And I was like, okay, this kind of feels like a Spielberg movie now. Like once they yeah. start to hunt Jaws, it kind of feels a bit more like it felt like the transition into an adventure movie, especially with John Williams' kind of swelling score. Um, it, at times it it felt very like whimsical, and I was like, "This is kind of a weird whimsical like music to be very whimsical <laughs> to yeah. be like I th- scoring these." It moments. reminded
3: me a it reminded me a lot of Jurassic Park.
1: Yeah, definitely.
3: Uh, which is another like lauded film, like really like set the bar for like storytelling. Uh, like most like most critics would say that Jurassic Park is one of the best examples of visual storytelling ever. Hmm. Uh, and Why would they say
1: that? I'm curious.
3: Well, it's just because of like how Spielberg shoots things, uh, and working with John Williams to get these great scores that, uh, that really tell such a great story in such, uh, like near perfect ways. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just some of the, like the, the cinematographic, the, uh, uh, and the editing genius of Spielberg, um, But yeah, this movie reminded me a lot of, uh, of Jurassic Park. Um, and, and I would imagine that this like Jurassic Park wouldn't have happened without Jaws. Like I'm sure Steven Spielberg, uh, took a lot from this movie into making Jurassic Park years later with a lot more technology at his disposal. Mm -mm. Um, And, uh, yeah, I, I loved it, but I will say that really like kind of act two and three of this movie, um, well, I guess mostly act three of this movie, um, like when we really are in the, the heat of, uh, you know, shark hunting, it it, honestly, I, I didn't feel like there's a lot to talk about. It's just good. It's fun. It's exciting. We see a lot of like tension between, uh, especially Quint and Hooper. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: well, they um, I don't know if we already mentioned this, but I guess I forget who plays
3: Quint, but uh,
4: Richard Dreyfuss and the guy that plays Quint couldn't stand each other. And so (laughs) they fought a lot. And that Robert Shaw. Yeah, Robert Shaw. And that, I think, probably gave it a lot of really convincing tension between them because they really didn't like each other.
1: Apparently, also, Robert Shaw had a pretty big drinking problem. And I think it was during the speech that we used for the opening audio. Uh, the first time that they filmed that, Robert Shaw was like dead drunk and it was unintelligible. And so <laughs> Spielberg was like, get your act together or like we're cutting this. And Shaw was pretty much like, give me one more chance. I'll, I'll nail it tomorrow. And he came back on set and he nailed it in one take.
4: I wouldn't be surprised if you told me that he was dead drunk the entire
2: time. <laughs> he yeah, probably was same.
1: in a lot of the stuff we saw.
2: Here's my like quick run through of the end of the movie. Yeah. They chum the water.
4: <laughs> and uh, and uh, how, how, I've forgotten Brody. Brody is uh, <laughs> very squeamish about chumming the water. He looks like he's about to throw up the whole time. Yeah, he doesn't like it. So like, why don't you make Hooper do it? And then
3: Hooper uh, Hooper drives the
1: boat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, a good f- quint.
1: That's pretty good. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> um, Jaws shows up. They're gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs>
4: that, uh, that line, most famous line, improv'd by uh, really? Who, who's the guy that made it? That uh, that's the I don't know any of the actors apparently besides Richard Dreyfuss. Roy, <laughs> Richard Dreyfuss is the only one, with Roy Scheider,
2: Robert Redford. Yeah, yeah,
4: he uh, he improv'd that, which I thought was pretty cool because that's the most, that's probably the most iconic line in from the, the movie. whole
2: movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, yeah, and it's one of, I did not look this up, but I I remember it being on that list, the AFI's uh, most recognizable movie quotes. It's pretty high up on that list, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I almost forgot about that. I'm glad you you brought that up, Scott. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, they they start, uh, which this is something I didn't really know about sharking, um, but they're, they're spearing Jaws, uh, with lines attached to uh, like barrels. Your barrels just
2: full of air. Full of air. Yeah, short lines too, so you keep them at the surface.
3: Yeah, and so the idea is that it's like keeping him at the surface, but also like wearing him out. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jaws gets three barrels on him. He does not mind at all, and he still goes deep <laughs> with three mm-hmm. barrels on him,
2: and uh, they lose sight of him. And then that's when we have the night where we hear the story of Quint's uh, uh, history on the USS, USS Indianapolis. Indianapolis, where it went down and a bunch of them got eaten by sharks. 1,100 men went into the water, 300 and whatever. 60. 360 so 60. men.
3: Yeah. 60 or 16? Either. Either. Okay.
2: 300 plus uh, <laughs> came out. 300 <laughs> plus is still <laughs> 1,100. <laughs> 400 minus. <laughs> Uh, lots of people died to sharks. And so he's kind of like, yeah, I think that's why he's a drunk in the movie too, is like, he just has a lot of baggage, but they delivered the bomb. So delivered the bomb.
3: (laughs) Well, and, and then they have this great moment where they, uh, it might've been before this, uh, where they were? No, it was after this. I think it was they, right after this. Yeah, they start, so they start singing together, and yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, because that's when Jaws finally attacked the boat again. Is when yeah. they're singing,
3: and I love that moment of just them, like, like some, like what they've experienced out on the water in this act is bonding. Like these characters have really bonded together. Um, even Quint and uh, Quint and Hooper, who really have a lot of tension and really the characters don't like each other, they bond over scars. Uh, Just before the the story. Mm -hmm. And then Hooper had his heart ripped out by (laughs) some girl. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This one right here. She she broke my heart.
2: Yeah, so Jaws attacks the boat, gets it really damaged. They decide they're just going to kill the thing, so they get out the the shark cage. Hooper's going to go in with a large dosage of poison for the shark. Shark attacks the cage. He swims away because he drops the poison and hides for the rest of the movie, pretty much. Well, well <laughs> so
4: we talked about before that uh, apparently Hooper was supposed to die in that scene.
3: I don't think we talked about it. I think we talked oh, about it. Oh, I'm sorry. Three... We talked about before recording. Yeah, before recording.
4: Um, and they used a real shark, apparently, to try to get him to attack a cage with a dummy in it, and uh, they couldn't get him to do it. And so when they moved the dummy out, he, uh, the shark started attacking the cage, so they just modified the script to get that shot where the shark's attacking the cage, and he was just
1: out there's of a few other things too that they changed from the book to the movie that being one of them um apparently also in the book uh matt hooper has an affair with Ch- chief brody's wife what <laughs> I don't know why that would have been just the <laughs> but worst. it happens in the book and they cut that out thankfully and uh oh. apparently in the book mayor vaughn was uh more so under pressure from the mafia to keep the beaches open not from local business owners
4: I just wonder what the mafia needs the businesses open for.
3: Well, that's how uh, the that's how the mafia makes money is they own businesses that are like fronts. Oh, it's yeah, not so, so they can
4: funnel their own. It's not so it's not suspicious when they're hanging around the docks to dump the bodies. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe the maybe the uh, jaws was really about. The the mafia and he the, was their trained shark. Yeah, no, no, they just framed poor um, uh, really, Jaws. They
4: really had it out for that Kittener boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they pinned they pinned went the back
3: whole, on a deal. <laughs> they pinned the whole thing <laughs> on maybe maybe uh, Mikey, Chief Brody's son, is the head of the mafia in Amity.
4: Oh, and he just <laughs> had a fight on the playground. Mm.
3: Yeah. <laughs> killed that Kitner boy. I
4: pinned it that. on the shark. I think Spielberg made some good calls there, changing yeah, those yeah. things. Yeah,
2: those were solid choices. Yeah, so um, Hooper's kind of out of it for the rest of the movie. Jaws continues to attack the boat. And now the boat's uh, sinking. Sinking. And that's when Quint um, loses his grip on the floor and slides towards Jaws and has like his final bout with Jaws trying to not get it's not much of a
4: bout and
2: well uh, <laughs>
3: he he stabs the crap out of jaws with that machete
4: yeah i don't know why he didn't like eyes and gills i feel like a sharker should know that
3: yeah you, he should have yeah. he was just too drunk
2: in the heat of a moment and also having all the alcohol who yeah i don't know do you think jaws got a little drunk off that and he was off his game because of the alcohol. Maybe. From Maybe. Quinn. So then. I,
3: he, I just don't know in this scene, like this would have been a good time for Brody to pull that revolver and shoot Jaws in the mouth. Yeah. I.
4: Did he? he I thought he did. No. No, he, he doesn't.
3: Did. He doesn't at this point. Also, uh I turned to Scott and uh when Brody was shooting Jaws and. Uh, I said he should have had a forty-four Magnum, the most powerful
4: gun in the world. <laughs> it would have blown Jaws' head clean off.
2: Wouldn't have even needed that container of compressed air. Yeah, I bet Jaws was feeling lucky though. <laughs> he he would have made him do it. <laughs> so yeah, as uh, Jaws eats Quint, which
3: was very bloody. It was chilling. Like yeah, that was graphic. Just slid down just, the boat. Him screaming. Into his mouth. Yeah, and the blood just spurting out of his mouth, Ugh. like it, like his blood, literal blood curdled screams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very uh, chilling. Uh, like I was very shocked that like that that scene made it into the like mm-hmm. edited yeah. that way.
4: I think we missed something too. That I I this was a Tarantino film, right? Yeah,
3: felt like it in that moment
4: <laughs> um, where they were they had Jaws. They just decided they were going to take him in. They were just going to drag him in. And then Jaws started pulling the boat the other way.
3: Yeah, like, he's a strong fish. Pulled the whole boat. They were full power.
4: And then uh, what's his uh, Hooper was like, "We this thing is gonna, it can't take full power this long." And then the boat breaks down. Yeah, and that's why they're that's stranded. why they're stranded. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the boat uh, Quint dies bloody, and uh, Jaws has not had his fill. Yeah. Hooper's uh, still
4: hiding in a coral reef.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like a he just stood like. I, why didn't he go for the poison again? Yeah. And just the, like while Jaws is distracted, just swim up and stick him, stick him. Uh, but the boat is now sinking and Jaws is really trying to get Brody. Uh, and, and
2: in his eating of Quinn, he got one of the containers of air in his mouth. No,
3: no, no. When he's trying to get Brody, Brody goes into the cabin or Brody's already in the cabin. But the, the cabin is now sinking underwater. Jaws goes into the cabin now through a window and is trying to attack Brody mm. and Brody grabs one of the air canisters and shoves it into his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, we earlier uh, Brody had mishandled one of Hooper's uh, air canisters and, and gets chastised by, uh, by uh, I think both of them. Yeah. No. By, no, by Hooper mostly. And he's like, are you crazy? This is compressed air. One wrong move and it'll explode. And like, Okay, well, we know what's gonna happen now.
2: I'm surprised Jaw's teeth didn't puncture it and make it explode.
3: Yeah, I am too. Uh, that's that, honestly that's what I thought was going to happen. It's, a smart, it's uh, a smart
2: shark. It's a smart fish. It knew to not bite down, but it didn't know to spit it out maybe or to just couldn't. swallow it.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. Maybe it maybe it got stuck in his gill. Mm. The the. Uh, Valve got stuck in his. Brody gear.
2: shoots and it explodes and the shark dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, n-
3: not before the second most recognizable line in this film Smile, you son of a bitch. Boom. He says boom. <laughs> he says boom.
4: <laughs> he drops the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <He> <laughs> Smile,
1: you son of a bitch. Boom. Apparently, and then he just leaves. He doesn't shoot it. Apparently, the author Peter Benchley hated the ending, and uh, so much so that they threw him off the set.
3: Oh, like he was like rioting. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Peter Benchley, uh, really was apparently not a
2: good writer. <laughs> it sounds like this book wasn't anything like his, like the movie.
3: <laughs> but I, I think I get what he means. I love the ending, but it is pretty campy. Yeah, I don't I don't it's mind. Campy, it can't
1: be, like but it. then when you remember that this is at the end of the first one. At the end of the day, yeah, yeah. a summer blockbuster. It's like yeah. oh, I'll totally. allow it.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: All I don't
4: think it. that Spielberg knew it was a summer blockbuster when he made it though. Yeah. Because that wasn't a thing apparently.
3: Yeah. So uh the the boat completely sinks. Hooper comes back up to the surface, uh you know, like he's JK, survived. I'm not dead. Yeah, JK. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha uh, and then uh, they just paddle into shore.
2: Uh, end of movie, fade to black, into and the sunset. Dun, 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 uh,
4: this was just a, all preview for John Williams' <laughs> next movie that he's gonna score Armageddon, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the 1976
1: classic. <laughs> all right, oh, so man. all we right, this bad boy
3: yeah let's uh, let's spin up some servers and uh, uh, open up uh, a window into our patented uh, and highly sophisticated rating system. Uh, Zach, what do you think of this movie?
1: Uh, I loved it. I I rated it. let me pull up my rating. I'm gonna give this an 8.3 bloody rafts. Oof, Jake.
4: Um. Yeah, you know what? I'll give it like an eight and a half men going into the water.
2: <laughs> Scott, uh, I'm gonna give it eight point five uh, shark smiles, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna give this
3: uh, eight point nine uh, uh chum buckets. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we put this into our patent pending or patented. I'm sorry. We've already gotten the, We've already got the patent on it system. And uh, this movie uh, was an 86% on Rotten Potatoes. That's solid. I, I feel like it's solid. It's we, one of the higher ones we've done. We Yeah, it is. We tend to rate low. Uh, so as a reminder, the other guys gave this a uh, 98%. Wow, uh, and so we we rated this much lower than ninety eight. That's crazy. Yeah,
2: and
4: IMDb gave it an but eight. But out of their 10. algorithm isn't as sophisticated. It's, true. it's far yeah. less sophisticated, and it takes less things into consideration. Fewer pera- fewer parameters, you
2: know,
3: <laughs> much much fewer parameters, uh, much fewer or uh, much much less weighting mm-hmm. as well. You know, like they they're just you know throwing numbers all over the place, and and they all hold the same weight. They're you like, know.
2: oh, Robert Redford's in this. This is at least a seven.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that is the rule. It's like if Robert Redford, then has to
2: be at least seven.
1: Yeah.
3: All right. Well, uh, we uh, we've done this a couple of times, uh, and it's been pretty fun. And so we decided to create uh, a new segment for this. Uh, this let's uh, let's do the recast. Mm. Uh, so if uh, let's let's
2: recast is this with actors at all time or actors in this era?
3: I w- I would say actors in this era, but what do you guys think?
4: Well, if we're doing actors at all time, then I'm just gonna
3: keep Richard Dreyfus. Well, I, I think but the that's point okay. is to I mean, recast.
4: But like, I'll recast him as Richard Dreyfus today,
1: <laughs> as super as Quint.
4: Both. It's gonna be like uh like Norbit.
1: Where he plays all <laughs> the it's kind of like uh, that Gemini man, Will Smith. You get the old version yes. and the young version. Yes.
3: Yeah. yeah. All right. But if we were remaking this movie today, uh, and I guess, yeah, you can, it's ridiculous. I guess you can pull actors from the past, maybe some. So of like I, got, I got one. Lawrence hot take, Olivier. And this is
2: going to yeah. kind of change a lot of things. I would remake the movie as a comedy, and I would have uh, Will Ferrell as Quint. that could work thanks i hate it
3: (laughs) that could work i i could see it uh i i would be sad but i could see it
2: i just feel like that'd be a fun (laughs) i would for sure watch a a comedy jaws movie with uh will ferrell as quint for sure be sad okay
3: (laughs) if if i were remaking this movie today uh i would i would cast quint as uh mel gibson
2: like current day mel gibson current
3: day mel gibson uh i just i feel like he's like at the right like age and level of like believable craziness that he could do a convincing quint uh i would recast hooper uh with i would probably recast hooper with uh you know, I'm not sure who I'd recast Hooper, but I know who I'd recast Brody with. Mm. I would recast Brody with Robert Downey Jr.
4: Mm. That's a pretty good call. That I would think, be actually. good, yeah. Yeah. I really, since you said it, I really think that um, Richard Dreyfus could be Quint now. Like, he looks just like Quint.
3: He like, does. He does. Yeah. I feel like he's probably insane.
2: And, and I, feel I would like also a, bring an RDJ for the comedy special.
3: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. He can. He's a very. Uh, he's he's very versatile. Yeah, he's know? a very versatile actor. Uh, I I agree with you. I I actually love Richard Dreyfus, and uh, my like biggest connection to Richard Dreyfus is actually "What About Bob?" Not seen it. Oh man, "What About Bob" is a great comedy. Uh, it's Bill Murray, right? Bill Murray. I love yeah. Bill Murray. Uh, Richard Dreyfus is like a his psychiatrist, and he ends up going kind of crazy, and like. Having watched that movie recently, uh, and that's an old movie, but Richard Dreyfuss is old even in that, uh, but Richard Dreyfuss today, I feel like he could do Quint very well.
1: How old is Hooper supposed to be in this movie?
3: I would say he's supposed to be in his late 20s, early 30s, probably late 20s. It's impossible to guess anybody's age <laughs> in this movie. That's true. That, that Somewhere kid that in the 10, he was
2: 17. 20 to 65
1: range. <laughs>
3: All right, Zach. What what recasting would you do?
1: Um, I'm only thinking of funny options too. I think it's just because I'm picturing Bill Murray as the <laughs> oceanographer Steve Zisu, but I I can only <laughs> would adore that. I can only picture him being <laughs> Quint. I can't think of anyone else. And if I'm sticking to the same vein as the comedy, I'm picturing Michael Sarah as a hooper <laughs> as yeah. hooper oh my gosh <laughs> but i actually think who came to mind was lucas hedges for hooper oh
3: oh man i, I think he's a is. little
1: too young um i just looked up how old he is he's a little too young but like in a couple of years from now i think he would play a great hooper
3: yeah no i agree i think lucas hedges would oh, play a great hooper. he's
4: in stranger things no, no no what's he
3: in that i've seen him in probably no. nothing why did
4: I've seen him in something for sure. <laughs> he's
1: in so he was uh, in Honey Boy, um, the new Shia LaBeouf movie no that I came out last that. year. He's in Lady Bird, Manchester by the Sea. Those are that's what's coming to mind. He's in other stuff too. Oh, he was in Three Billboards. Three Billboards. Oh, outside. was he really? I don't remember.
2: Yeah, he was the he
1: he's, was the son. He's the that's son, right? He's,
2: uh, yeah. I would do Shia LaBeouf as Hooper for my comedy. <laughs> for your comedy. I'm not on board.
3: Uh, yeah, I especially with RDJ and Will Ferrell, I'm not seeing. I uh, think you said Shire. Will Ferrell was Hooper.
4: No, no, Will Ferrell's Quint. Quint.
1: Oh, okay. Have any of you guys watched Friday Night Lights? Yeah, I'm just picturing Buddy Garrity as the mayor.
3: Oh yeah, that's a good call.
4: Have you seen um the Master of Disguise? Yeah. <laughs> yes. No. yes. Yes. Uh, I yes. would cast that guy. What? Who? who who's? Who's? Uh, Dana Carvey, right? Yeah, Dana Carvey uh, doing Quint. Actually, remember when he does the Quint impression in? Uh, yeah, Master of Disguise. Yeah. that's who I would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's some impressive recall. Yeah. Like,
1: have you watched that recently? Because it's been probably no. 20 years. since I haven't I've watched, watched that movie in 15, 20 oh years. Probably 15 years.
3: Oh, man. Well, That's great. it's it's pretty awesome that uh, Zach and Scott decided to do remake Jaws' comedies. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting move. Uh, I uh, I like uh, some of Jake's casting decisions. Some of. <laughs> Dana Carvey? No. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I would love to see, uh, an RDJ, um, whether it's a comedy or serious, I'd love to see an RDJ, uh, Chief Brody. Brody. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's, uh, that's going to be the show for today, guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We'd love for you to, to interact with us. Uh, let us know what you thought about Jaws. Uh, you could do that by following us on our social media, uh, Instagram and Twitter at rotten potato pod. Uh, Zach and, and Jake are, are turning out fire memes every week, uh, as well as, uh, as well as some, some fun polls.
4: I may have forgotten to post some polls when I was supposed to. That's so, all right. That's my bad.
3: Well, you know, that's all right. We still love you and we still love the work that you do on our algorithm. So, uh, mm-hmm. way to go. Uh, but, uh, tune in next week, uh, where we're going to, uh, cover, uh, scott's movie i'm i'm like making this decision on the fly the green mile
2: we should have done napoleon dynamite next week since we already talked about it a bunch why don't oh, we? Wait, we could do napoleon dynamite next we week. could just give them to look forward to for two weeks though
3: Yeah, no it's you know? fine uh well next next episode we're gonna do jake's movie napoleon dynamite uh it's fucking sweet it's
2: it's, <laughs> it's it's a thing it's
3: <laughs> 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 and uh yeah so tina come get your food
2: uh before we go um zach do you have anything else that you would uh want to share with all of our
1: tots out there honestly yeah